there's something about a name. A name is given, but often it signifies something deep about the person. Like God changed a lot of people's names in the Bible to show change in that person. God himself is the only being to name themselves from square one. And we get that name of God right at the very beginning of the Bible. The Bible begins in the beginning, God. But there are lots of names of God in scripture. Which one did the Holy Spirit inspire Moses to write to start out the greatest story of the universe? Who is the main character in the history of existence? God. And here his name is Elohim. It's a word that's always plural, signifying the unfolding mystery of the Trinity right from the first verse of the Bible. El is one form of the name, which is singular. It's used often, Genesis 7, Numbers 23, Ezekiel 10. Elah is plural. That's used in Jeremiah 10, but here we get Elohim. That's the name we're looking at, and it is also plural, but it implies three or more. Elohim was also used of pagan gods in the ancient cultures, making it like the word God in English, which can be used to describe the God of the Bible as well as other gods. It's a spiritual name uh, for something non-physical and supreme. Elohim is used 32 times in Genesis 1 and 2,500 times in the Old Testament. It's the original name for God in the Bible. And just like our English word God, it's the most basic and common name for God. It also has the implication of a ruler or a magistrate over the world. It's the name that Abraham used when he said that Elohim would provide a lamb for the sacrifice. It's the name that Jacob said to Joseph on his deathbed, Elohim will be with you. When Moses came to Mount Horeb, it was called the mountain of Elohim. Joshua said to Achan, give Elohim praise. Malachi said, will man rob Elohim? Jesus Christ, with his clothes stripped and his arms forced to hold up his body by the weight of itself and the pain of two nails in his hands and one in his feet, said, Eloi, Eloi, which is the Aramaic form of Elohim. It's the key original and wonderful name of the one that brought the universe into existence. Even if you only speak English, you can pray to God using his original Hebrew name. You can say Elohim as you pray. Through God's names, we learn more about God. My hope, though, is that it won't stop there, that you wouldn't just know more about God, but that you would truly know God. Hey, thank you for your patience uh, with all the packed house and being there all, all the way to the back of the of the church. I know that's a little bit difficult sometimes. And uh, were you able to find a parking place today? Anybody get wet today coming to the church? Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you got wet. Glad you came out to church. And uh, just good to have you here. I'm Pastor Stephen. Welcome. If it's, again, as Bryce said, your first time here, give those people a big warm welcome. Good to have you, really, it is, and uh, I want to thank the Manio High School basketball team for being here. Come on, give them boys a big welcome. Yeah. Nothing like being put on the spot, right, kids? And uh, good to have them, and uh, just a couple of thoughts of how, uh, what you've been doing as a church over this week, uh, Friday night, I think, uh, I know we were part of Nights to Shine with uh, Church of the Outer Banks at um, <clears throat> the Y, uh, that was a big event that went on, great stories and great testimonies, and they were sending us uh, videos of the kids, and uh, Seth and Roxanne, thank you for fronting that, pointing that for us. Um, I think uh, we were part of the concert last night with his generation, so come on, give it up for those folks too. Um, and again, uh, I think for the Manio basketball team, we actually gave them, took them lunch on Friday so they could go to their game, away game. 
And uh, Riley, I don't, I, it's hard to see with all this crowd, but I know Riley, Jessica Winstead's boy, uh, got second place in regionals yesterday or the day before. Come on now, that's a big deal. And that means he's going to state, so that's, a, that's even a bigger deal. And, uh, hey, you know, as a mom, Jessica, uh, that's, uh, that's a tough one because this is his kind of last year in school. So I know mom's got a lot of mixed emotions there. So if you know her, pray for her. And, what's that? Ben for swimming. Come on now. I actually heard that Ben's one of the fastest here on the Outer Banks when it comes to swimming. So... Uh, uh, just it's good to see what God's doing and uh, being a part of a family and just, you know, we're out there, we're living life and doing what uh, we do called live life as a Christian maybe. And um, I've got the privilege to continue to communicate with you the uh, importance of uh, not just the goodness of God, but the goodness of God seen through his names. And this series is called God's Names. And, and uh, I have my first uh, thought for maybe today, actually throughout the whole day, is really I want to create or recreate maybe a first-time impression that you may have of God within you. And uh, we're going to go to some scriptures to do that. We're going to walk through some things together, and, and uh, our focus today will be on Elohim of Elohim, uh, the God of all gods. The word Elohim means strong creator. Uh, he exists before time existed. You know, we exist in the other side of time. And before we go on home to be with the Lord, there's this middle spot that we exist in. But Elohim was before then, and he's after then. So uh, it kind of trips our mind and imagination a little bit because all we can see is right here. And uh, sometimes maybe by the end of the day, we'll maybe learn together that maybe we're looking in the wrong places to actually see God. And uh, something that will build our confidence. It, it's hard to believe in somebody you can't see sometimes. Am I right? And, uh, you know, we'll ask some questions and get some understanding. But uh, let's open up with a couple of scriptures. Stand up with me one more time for the reading of the word together. In uh, Genesis chapter 1, you see the very first introduction of God introducing himself. But more than that, you see a first-time impression of who he is through chapter 1, 2, and even into chapter 3. I'd encourage you to, we're going to read some of it today, but we don't have time to do it all. Go, go look at it and look at it differently. Look at it through the eyes of, this is God. hey, I want you to know who I am, and I'm going to show you who I am through my creation, and you'll see my hands work, my thoughts, my feelings, and emotions. It's all right there in chapter 1, but it starts right here in verse 1. Let's read this together. You ready to read? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word God here is the Hebrew name Elohim. Now, if you watched a little bit of that video, Elohim is a name for all gods. But what he's saying here is, I am the God of gods. I am the beginning and the end. I am Elohim of Elohims. And the word Elohim means I'm a strong creator. Uh, that to make that connect with us maybe today, whatever's working in your life or not working, he can create. That's hard to think about. Uh, you know, a friend of mine and uh, a couple of friends of mine, real close friends, were walking through some things together. And one of the things that the Lord has spoke to us during this pathway together, we're connecting our faith, is that he's a God that sees where I can't see. He's a God that hears where I can't hear. And he's a God that says where I can't say. But he needs your voice to activate what's being said over there. He's not going to trump you. He's a big God. He's, you're created in the likeness and the image of God. You speak like God. You talk like God. Hopefully you act like God. 
Hopefully we walk like God. Now, I'm not talking about religious way of walking and acting. That's a bunch of do's and don'ts. I'm talking about learning how to live in the grace of God, the rest of God, living by faith. That's Elohim of Elohim. Our second scripture, you ready? Psalm 145, verses 1 through 3. Now, this, is our, uh, this whole chapter is our text that we're studying throughout this whole year, learning about the goodness of God. Matter of fact, tell somebody, he's a good God. You might not think so, based upon your first-time impression of who he was in your life at some point. Well, here, let's read this together. You ready? Read. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, you're so good to us. We do open up our hearts as a family this morning to just hear what you want to say to us. Help us to see what you see. Help us to understand where we don't understand. Speak to us in a way that takes us beyond just the natural way of thinking and seeing and help us to see the true spirit of the word, that we will know the word in spirit and in truth, and we will see it through the eyes of the spirit of faith, that even the impossible is possible to him that believes. Amen. Won't you shake hands as you get ready to be seated this morning, and let's jump right on into this. <clears throat> couple thoughts just to reiterate maybe some of the things that uh, Bryce said. Uh, man, I'm telling you, a good study would be to study Job. If you study the whole book of Job, I don't want to take away from my time and your time this morning, but Job's about nine months. If you study it from 1 to, verse, to chapter 30, 31, I think it's 30, might be 31, it's only nine months of time in, in our chronological time. And a lot happens in that time. Chapter 3 is the most important because you see where it's revealed why these things begin to happen to Job. It says his worst fear came upon him. And uh, again, you've got to go study it. But in the end, chapter 30, he gets it all back and about triple-double. doesn't exclude what he lost, but it does show that God's a restorer of persons, restorer of things, restorer of life. He's an eternity God. He thinks bigger than you do, thinks bigger than we do. And sometimes we reveal ourselves and where we are and where we stand and what we believe just by the way we think and the way we say, and, and, and our thinking is really limited. And we're going to talk about how the Bible has to be the place where we define how we're thinking and let it be a governor to our, our life and, and this pathway of getting to know Elohim. But I want to ask you a very specific question. I said to you, I'm going to ask some, a series of questions throughout this series, and I just want you to be thinking with me. The first question I want to ask you today, now don't raise your hands yet. I'm going to give you a chance to raise your hand in just a few minutes. Because uh, I think it's a question that everyone has to answer and ask. And that is, how many in this room you consider yourself to be a Christian today, a Christ follower? Now think about that. I'm not talking about, uh, I'm, it's not a trick question. I'm not talking about on the scale of 1 to 10 and perfection. Nobody in this room is perfect. We serve the perfect one, Jesus Christ, and because of his perfection, we can be Christ-like Christian today. So here's my point. How many of you consider you, yourself to be a Christian? What that means is, what I'm asking is, you're doing the best you can to serve God, to love God, and to walk this thing called Christian life out. You're doing the best you can. I'm not talking about perfection. You're just doing the best you can. You love God. Let me see your hands in here this morning. 
Now, with that thought and with that in mind, the most important thing for us to do if we're going to live Christ-like, if we're going to be Christians, is you got to get to know Him and His personality. And there's nothing more that He wants you to do, and that is to know Him more fully because there can be no faith without knowing Him fully. We want to strive to where we begin to study some of these things together. I read these things to you last week. When we truly know God by his names, like this study, it opens the door to knowing his character more fully. Is he a sometimes God or is he an always God? You've got to answer that question. I think we're sometimes, but he's always. We struggle with the always because we're not always. We have a flesh to deal with. And we're not perfect, and we, we do some ups and downs, but he's always. He's always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. His character's always the same. What he expects is always the same. Nothing changes. He was before time. He's after time. Nothing changes about him. I said this to you. It opens the door to knowing his goodness and experiencing his power more deeply. The Scripture's very clear that in the last days that you and I live in right now, that there will be a form of godliness one translation of that says religion that will deny the power thereof. You need power in your weakness. You need power in the struggle of life. You need power in the victory of life. Power what? The power of God. Now, we've limited the power of God to something that's one facet. It's one blip of a second fast facet, and that's the, this speaking in tongues and the evidence of speaking in tongues. That is the evidence of the power that's existing, and there's benefits to that, but that's not all the power. The power's within the personhood of the Holy Spirit living inside of you now and to, to function and work this thing called Christianity outside of your life. Let me ask you this question. What is your impression of Elohim? Impression, we'll define it here in a few minutes. What is your impression of Elohim? Is he really the chief Elohim of your life? We'll talk about that next week in Adonai. But is he really the source and ruler and creator of all things? Is he? Well, for us to experience and to know God, it's going to require something, and it's called faith. I want to take you down a quick pathway of a study of faith, because without faith, you, it, there's a limitation to us as believers. So we need to know what it is. We need to know how it works and how it functions. Start here in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The just shall live by faith. The word live means I'm going to order my life by faith. Faith is in something I can't see. I'm going to order my life based upon a, a precept, based upon something that I'm going to allow it to become a foundational piece to my life. Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us a definition of faith. Now faith that I believe, my, 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 what I believe in, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let's just define that real quick. My faith in God, what I believe, is foundational to me. You may have to ask some questions what you believe. Is he a sometimes God or is he an always God? I believe a lot of that is found in his first impression of what he wants us to know about him. Because the first impression will come up under and become foundational to who you are as a child of God. So it's not only just foundational, it's what my expectation becomes. In this verse, it becomes something that I hope in. Hope is my pathway to get to what God says I can do and have and be. It's, it's what gets me on the right course. Listen, now this is not faith. I'm hoping and a praying that this might work out. That's not faith. That's presumption. That's, that's maybe. That's a might. God's not a might God. He's a mighty God. Come on. 
Big difference. You got to live by faith and live this way. Now, we're not going to talk about faith a whole lot today, but it has to be the prerequisite to begin to talk about who he is because you're putting faith in something that you can't see. Hebrews 11:6, but without faith, that what we just talked about, what I'm trusting and confident in, the Bible says it's impossible to please him. I know everybody in here wants to please God if you believe in God as Elohim. I know that. But then he tells you, for he that cometh to God, here's how, you believe, here's how you please him. He that cometh to God, theos in the scripture, in, in the Greek, theos. Elohim in the Hebrew, theos in the Greek, New Testament or Old Testament, New Testament, Yahweh in the middle. All are the same person. All express the same characteristics. All they express the same position. He says, look, I want you to know that, listen, he that cometh to Theos, to Yahweh, to Elohim of Elohim, must believe that he is. And then the rest of that says, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Everything to do with your faith exists and believes right here, or begins right here in believing that he exists. I know that's hard because we're putting faith again in something we can't see, but maybe we can see him. We're just looking in the wrong places to see him. Maybe we're seeing him and we don't realize you're actually seeing God in the moment, in the place, in the time, in the time frame, in the frame of your own life. Maybe you're seeing God, but we're looking where we're not going to find him and see him. He's bigger than the moment of life that you're in. And a lot of times we're looking at the moment of life we're in to determine his greatness and his goodness and his confidence in him because we're waiting for something to turn out and to show up. And he's wanting you to get on the other side of this beyond time, before time, and see what he sees. See to the end instead of seeing in the moment. You've got to believe he is. So let me ask you this question. How many have ever heard this question here today? <laughs> you only get one chance to make a first-time impression. Let me see your hand. How many have ever heard that before? One chance to make a first-time impression. Okay. How many have ever had a bad experience of a first-time impression? I ain't hanging around you ever again. <laughs> you and me, we're never going to work. You and me, we just we don't click. Okay. It, it, look, that way is the way you need to go, and I'm choosing to go this way. Your impression, look. I know we got to walk in love, but sometimes the best way to walk in love is turn and go the other way. Okay? Because the love that's going to come out ain't going to be a good thing. But we need to talk about that first impression. Why is that? Why is that first impression made in that moment? Sometimes we've had first impressions that are good ones. Am I, am I right? People that, that their character kind of lines up with. Uh, how, how about this? If, uh, how many have ever had that first-time impression that was bad, but the more you got to know that person, what you saw first was not lining up with what your first impression was, good or bad? The more you lean into it, the more you got to know them, that first impression became something actually maybe this way. The person turned out to be pretty amazing. Huh? You might be thinking that was my first wife. I don't know, but it's the... First impressions are extremely important to our faith. And I'm going to read some quotes and statistics to you. I started doing a little study for my own self on first impression because God, Elohim of Elohim, has laid out a first-time impression that trumps all and trumps, and there's none compared to it. None compared to it. And the more I read in this, I'm a studier, maybe you're not necessarily a studier as much as I am, but, but at least you read the scripture sometimes. I, I, the more I got into it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I never knew you were that guy. I thought I did. I'd heard bits and pieces 
But I really put a story together of, man, how much the impossible is possible to him that believes if he'll believe in Elohim of Elohim, the God, the creator, the one that trumps all. Now, we'll talk about this next week because he actually is saying, I'm the boss if you'll let me be. Now, that's hard for a lot of people. Adonai means he becomes your Lord. He's the boss. Here we go. Listen. First time impressions are almost instant conclusions we draw when meeting someone for the first time. First time impressions usually become a filter uh, that we use for all future interactions with that person. Statistics say the conclusions are, are drawn in less than a tenth of a second about that person in first impression. One statistic said this, in first impressions, it only takes 33 to 100 milliseconds for someone to form judgments and opinions about your character. That's not a whole lot of time, my friend. That's about as fast as you can blink. The experts say, I'm not real sure who the experts were, <laughs> first impressions, opinions are based on these things. Not necessarily in order, but based upon these things. Your appearance... Your demeanor, body language, your face, and facial expressions. I see that every service in worship. Mannerisms, your tone of voice, and most importantly, the words that you say. First-time opinions and impressions and judgments are made by those things. So think about it. In less than a tenth of a second, in seeing someone for the first time, our brain processes that information, leading to quick conclusions about who they are. Although misleading and clearly not enough time to accurately gauge a person's character, our first impressions can form our view of a person or their view of us. Becoming a filter that we use for all future interactions with that person, setting, listen, setting a tone for the relationship that follows. And I also found this, that sometimes it's almost nearly impossible to reverse or undo those opinions or those conclusions. With that in mind, listen to me. You guys leaning in with me? Listen. First impressions become, this, this thought, first impressions become in future interactions with that person, setting the tone for the relationship that follows. Question again. What formed your first impression of God? Was it a person or persons or a church? Was it an experience, good or bad? Was it how you were raised? Is this formed your impression of God? Was it maybe your own thoughts, your morals, your values? Everybody's got some morals and values. Maybe that's how you... It we're impressed with God. Maybe that's what drew you to God. I'm a good person. I, I believe in doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. So I'm going to go to the ones that, that's going to feed that thought within me, feed that value. And maybe God was the first impression person that was going to lead you in that pathway. How about this? Maybe what, is this what formed my first impression of God? Something you heard for the first time. I see it all the time. When we talk about faith, 
and impossibilities, and it's impossible. You can believe anything. Whatever a man believeth is impossible with God. Not impossible with him, but possible with God. And you start to go down that road. You start to go down that road of, of prosperity and that God wants you blessed. He wants you increasing. He wants all your needs met. He wants all your bills paid. He wants your body healed and all of that. You, you can just see the wheels turning and people get trumped and creates a first-time impression. And they base it off of what you said instead of where we should go to see what's said. So, uh, how about this? Maybe your first impression was based on something someone else said. They might be good filters, all that I just mentioned. I don't want to deny that those are good filters. That's a good way to live life. That's a good way to, to order your life to put, keep you maybe on the straight and narrow, maybe, per se. They're good filters, but you'll struggle in your beliefs in God if that's what determines your first, that's your first go-to. You'll struggle. As a believer, as a Christian, the Bible, the Word of God, the Scripture has to be our first go-to in defining who He is in our life. It has to be the first go-to to create and form these first-time impressions and build confidence in Him in something that you can't see. Why? Because the, there's a lot of confusion out there when it comes to the character of God. Religion has brought a lot of that confusion in. Churches, men, relationships, people, people around. There's brought a lot of confusion. And, and we start trusting ourselves too much. You're going to create chaos and you're going to walk away from the one that came to order your chaos and you get away from believing that he exists. Tell somebody he's a good God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 through 17, just to support that thought. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration of obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in a conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you hear the couple phrases in there? Both publicly and privately? Uh, people are watching you. If you claim to be a Christian, and most of the time people, well, let's do 50-50, 50%. 50% people know you're trying to be or wanting to be a Christian. 50% they don't know if you're a Christian or not because you're no different there. There's no, there's no dividing line. I'm not talking about flakiness and weirdness and going out and doing stupid stuff and try to make God, and make God look weird. All right? I think we joke about this all the time. I'm not talking about walking in the grocery store and going up to the one in the middle of the aisle and a friend you've not seen in a long time, all of a sudden you get inspired by God and you know that that person, is, God's not necessarily the first, par, first priority of their life and you start praying in tongues over them and try to cast the devil out. You're probably going to get thrown out of the grocery store real quick. Unless it's God-ordained, and I get that, I understand, but most time it's not. Most time your heart's right, and the goodness of your heart was just not really learned how to really be led by the Spirit of God and do things in decency and order and follow the anointing. We follow our own will. So, listen, here's my point. Are you a believer? Are you a Christian? I want to revisit this thought. People are watching you. Remember the first question of the day. What's the first impression that people, God, the God that people see in you? What's their first impression of God? It's going to get smoother, I promise you. But right now, I want you thinking about the place of responsibility we have as we begin to learn who Elohim of Elohim is. 
It's important to someone's faith. It can order and set the tone of how they believe and see God for the rest of their life, how you're responding as a Christian and your belief and your impression of God. What's the first thing you say when you introduce yourself to somebody? Come on, what is it? My name. name? I'm Stephen, but I have multiple names that define who I am. Stephen is my, uh, my birthright name. Westcott is my honorable name that supports who I am in this community, I guess. But I'm also dad, and there's expectations, and there's things to follow and to lead that as a dad, and that my kids are watching me to follow that order. I'm pops and papa to, to grandkids. There's an expectation. They're watching me and following me. They're looking for morals and looking for values and looking for growth and, and looking, you know, uh, I got to be careful. I, I probably shouldn't go out there and, and show my grandson the skill saw and how to use it and how to do it and then walk away and leave it plugged in and say, go for it and have a good day. There's a place of responsibility that we have as a believer and as a Christian creating first-time impressions on somebody. I'm husband first and foremost. The best impression ever made to me, first impression ever made to me was the one that Pastor Tiffany made to me, that she was hot and I couldn't wait to get her home. (laughs) After marriage. (laughs) And it's still the same impression. I can't wait to get her home today. After the Super Bowl. (laughs) I got my priorities straight. So question, with this thought of first impression, how did God first introduce himself? What was his first impression of himself to you? Let's go to the Word and let's find out. His first impression, he wants us to know. I want to take you through some scriptures. And I want to recreate maybe the first time impression that you have in God. I want you to set aside everything that we talked about. How you're raised, your thoughts, your values. I'm not trying to, I just want you to kind of put all of that aside. They're good filters, use them all all the time. But really just for today, the Bible has to be the one thing that settles who he is as Elohim of Elohim. It is foundational. It sets the tone of how you're going to believe he exists. It sets the tone of how people are going to see you and your impression of God. And I know most of you, all of you, want to be a good person, good values, good morals, and be a testimony to how good God is. But do you know who he is? Your foundation is dependent on it. You can't believe in him without faith, but there's an element of faith of believing in something you can't see. But my question I want to land on, are you seeing him, but you're not recognizing when you see him? Genesis 1.1, go there back there with me. Ready? Let's go back. Let's look at this scripture. Anybody know what time we're supposed to be done today? How, okay, how much? 10 minutes? All right, I'm going to take 11. Here we go. <coughs> I, I know you got, you got stuff to do. I get it. I, I always want to be a good steward of that. So we're always trying to do that. Uh, there's a lot of scripture references in your app that I put on there to support some of these things that I'm saying. And uh, I, I, that's how I write and outline for myself. Go back to it and look at it. Get into your small group this week and take the questions that we provide for you from today and discuss them together. Oh, my gosh, man. Thursday with our small group, men's fellowship, small group at Dunes Restaurant, 7 o'clock every Thursday from now on for eight weeks. 
We had 20 guys out there this Thursday. And we started asking these questions for just 10 minutes about last week's message. And we landed on talking about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. We saw through a personal experience of Mike Johnson and Hunter Johnson and how God raised him up because he's Elohim of Elohim. He's the creator God. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens, plural, not just one place, heavens, plural, and the earth. God introduced himself in Elohim as strong creator. Now, if you take the time to study chapter 1, 2, and 3, and then, of course, the whole Bible, I guess, but just start there, you'll see first impressions. Some of the things that you will see in the study of that, number one is God is everywhere. Again, you've got to imagine with me. You've got to go beyond the physical of what you see. God is everywhere. He trans- transcends time and space. He's the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. Say, he's the beginning, the beginning. and the end. He's distinct. He's separate from all creation. He exists in another realm called eternity. And what I want you to see is that as this is something that we're trying to maybe embrace a first impression of who God is through the name, we have to admit that he existed before time. And what does that mean? He existed before time. He's at the end of time, so he can see before you get there. But that's, what does that mean? He knows my whole life. There's not a place in my life. Time means nothing to him. Except the only best time that means, the only most important time to God for you is when you get saved. Because that's when he has opportunity to work in your life and be Elohim. Not until. Until he's invited in and welcomed in, he's not going to force himself on you. Just, he's, just, he's too good of a God. He's too impersonal. He's created you like him, to think like him, to act like him, in his likeness and his image. But he is everywhere. He exists outside of time, which removes all limitations of time. You have a need right now. He's Jehovah Jireh in your life, the Lord your provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, meaning he can go where you can't go. He can go walk where you can't walk. He can see where you can't walk. He can hear what you can't hear. He's Jehovah. He's Elohim. He exists before all. In the first verse. Let's move right along. Just to skip for time's sake. <clears throat> There's a lot I want to say. That, well, I do want to say this. He's not just some spiritual force, as some would say. He's not just in the cosmos. And you're going to see through, we begin to see some in chapter 1 that he's got personal characteristics that define him more than just some spiritual force floating around there in the air. He's not a tree. He's not some butterfly floating around. You'd be surprised. People are putting faith in the creation and ignoring the creator. And it, it just it shows your limitation in your thinking. You can only easily, you're putting faith in only something that you can see to define who you are, who God is. Now you can see God in the creation, but he's, 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 I'm not going to meddle too much there because you get weird with that. He's not some animal. I can tell you right now, he ain't my dog. Now my dog is like. Like he, I mean, he's one of my best friends right now, but he's not. For, he, there are times I'm like, there ain't no God in you for sure. <laughs> Think with me. Think beyond limitation of time and space and materiality and the physical. God's beyond that. 
He's personal. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. And God said, so he spoke, let there be light, and there was light. God saw, so he sees, that the light was good, so he feels, he, has ador- he, he gets pleased. How are we to please him? By faith. So he's looking to see. He, it's not, he gets, if he gets pleased, you know what that means? He gets disappointed. He's pleased. He's, he says, and it was good, pleasing, useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Here's the qualities of a person. He speaks, he sees, he feels, he desires, he's confident, he provides, he works, he conducts. Is that some spiritual force? Now, he is spirit. I get that. But is that something that we're trying to dumb God down to something that just makes me feel good every now and then? No, he's creator. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. We see in that verse. Now, it didn't work out too good for Adam and Eve right after this. But listen. Elohim walking. We see him walking in the garden in the cool of the day and calling out to Adam and Eve. I'm wondering if he's walking in your world, in your environment and calling out, but you're not seeing him. He's personal. Number three, Elohim of Elohim, strong creator. Come on, say strong creator. He's your creator. He created you. Same chapter, excuse me, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, Elohim, he created them. Male and female, he, Elohim, created them. There's no confusion here. We're living in a world that is really trying to form a value and a belief that is confused and is from the pit of hell. Psalm 139, 13 and 14. The Bible has to be, even with some of our, uh, we'll talk about that next week. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. I only had 11 minutes, so I need to be moving. Psalm 139, 13 through 14. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Come on, tell somebody you are complex. Some of us live up to that a lot more than others. He continues on. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Amplified New Testament. For we are his workmanship. His own master work and work of art. Tell somebody you're a work of art. Elohim of Elohim. Creating God. Strong creator. Some of you are hard work. You need a strong God to keep creating. Myself, number one included. I want to go back to this statement. Living life as a Christian by faith. Okay? Maybe we're seeing him, but we don't realize it. Maybe we're just looking in the wrong place. Maybe we're looking at the wrong things to prove his existence, to have confidence in him. Let me introduce you. Uh, how much time we got? Plenty. Yeah, I like your tone. Somebody might have a really important appointment out there they got to get to. 
you know, life and death or something. Listen. First impression. First impression. First impression. Many of us think we've read this, but we've only know bits and pieces of it. We've never really read what I want to read to you now. I want you to see Elohim of Elohim, strong, creating God that knows you are complex and is wanting to work in your life and cause you to become a work of art. Genesis 1, 2 through 18. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, pleasing, useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. He called the night, he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, and one day. And God said, let there be an expanse of the sky in the midst of the waters, and let them separate the waters below the expanse from the waters above expanse. And God made the expanse of sky, separated the waters which were under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so just as he commanded. He's an authoritative God. And there was evening and there was morning and the second day. And then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place of standing, pulling together, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and gathering the waters, he called seas. And God saw that this was good and pleasing and useful. And he affirmed, and he sustained it. A creator sustains what he creates. He's the only one that really gives it the life that it needs. So God said, let the earth sprout tender vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit according to the limited consistent with their kind, whose seed is in them and upon the earth. I'm going to jump down to verse 14 for time's sake. Then God said, let there be light bearers, sun, moon, stars in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be useful for signs and tokens of God. God's provident care and for making seasons, days, and years. You see, the sun, the moon, the stars are not just something to, look, never, to ever look at with no real reason. They prove you have a God that's a strong creator. Look. And let them be useful as lights in the expanse in the heavens to provide light on the earth. And was, it was so, just as he commanded. Almost done here. God made the two great lights, the greater light, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. He made the galaxies of stars also. That is all the amazing wonders in the heavens. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to provide light upon the earth, to rule over the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good, and he affirmed, and he sustained it. Now go read later. Go down to verse 30, 31. And you came next. And the Bible says, it was not said in any of those verses we just said here. He said, all was good. He never said mighty good until he created you. You see, if you're not careful, you'll step over. So here's my point. When you look up, when you look around, you see God. 
When you look at each other, come on, look at somebody, look at somebody, look. That's God's creation right there. That's complex. That's a work of art right there. That's who God, and you were called mighty well, mighty good. Do you see how the enemy wants to get in and confuse you and make you think you are a lesser being than you are by getting you to compromise thoughts and beliefs and values by thinking, if I can just get them to dumb down God, then they'll begin to believe in their self and forget that God's the creator of self. And as they begin to believe in their self, what happens is it creates confusion and sets the tone of belief for those that they come in contact with, with their first impression with them. He's the God of all gods. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha Omega. He's the beginning of end. He's the Elohim of Elohims. He's creating strong God. Now listen, Jeremiah 29, 11, last scripture of the day. 20, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. Starts off, for I, come on, say I. I. Elohim, the word used here is Yahweh. Which after you, as you see him introduce himself as Elohim of Elohims, as they continue to translate, the translators turn him into something to make him distinct, to become Yahweh in the life of the believer. He became, he, he became personal because the, when you look at the definitions of Elohim, Elohim is just a definition for all gods. But then he defined himself as, I'm Elohim of Elohim's, the God of God's. But man was confused in that. It wasn't defining enough because there was a lot of other expressions of God throughout the earth. And so they turned, they came to the translation. We had to find a word in the Hebrew that will try to define who God really is. He becomes Yahweh. And look what Yahweh does. Look what Yahweh does. For I, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Their plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12 and 13. Listen, 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 listen. In those days when you pray, I, Elohim Yahweh, will listen. Here's the key. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Where are you looking to see God? Are you looking as from an impression that was built upon something someone said to you? Or are you going to the Scriptures? The Scriptures just told us how we begin to see Elohim of Elohim. Just look up. There ain't no place right now that I would say, I've not been out west a whole lot, that has a more beautiful night sky than here in the Carolinas on a summer night. When you look up, what do you see? Do you see stars or do you see Elohim of Elohim's? When you look up, and, and uh, I, I know right now you'd like to be looking for the sunshine, but it's not there. Tomorrow morning you're going, woohoo, there it is. There's God. There's Elohim. Hmm? When you see that bright moon on the 23rd, usually my wife's birthday every August, we try to make a moonlight cruise out in the, out in the, in the sound just to see that moon and how beautiful it is when it becomes full. That's Elohim of Elohim. And we're looking at circumstances to determine whether he's working in my life. And there's a greater faith he wants you to see. If I can create that, and if I can make that, and if I can create the trees and everything around you, look at my creation. If you just look up and look around, and you work at becoming who I am within your own life, and become that person that becomes a first-time impression for others, you will see Elohim of Elohim, because that's who he is. Creator. <laughs> Oh, my, 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 my. What I like about the strong creator is he creates where there's nothing there. 
What's not existing in your life right now? Go to the Creator. Quit going to man to create something that becomes a fabrication of something that God's the only one that can create. How did He create? <laughs> How did He create? By faith. He moved forward into time and saw you that there was an end if something wasn't done to what Adam and Eve's mistake. So he got on the, on the bandwagon and created who? Yeshua. Jesus, the Savior. Always, always providing a way of escape. That's New Testament for the believer. Start with a first impression of him. Set aside all of the other filters that determine how you believe and who you see as God. And come to this place. You'll see people differently. You'll, mm, you'll look at people differently. You'll treat people differently if you see them as someone that God created. Hmm? But we hit on that last week, didn't we? Taking the name of God in vain. Quit ripping each other a new one. That's God's creation there. Can I say this respectfully? Quit ripping God a new one and taking his name in vain by what comes out of your mouth. You're making first-time impressions on, on people around you. And, and it's not about you. That if you are a Christian, which most of us identified with that at the beginning of this service, and we said, hey, I'm Christian. You're doing this the best that you can. You're loving God, serving God. Start with making impressions, but you've got to start with what's yours. And then if you get a... Stand up with We get to know him more fully, knowing his character. If I can just start today, we'll lean into the Adonai next week. He's Elohim of Elohim. First impression, strong creator. There's nothing in your life that's too big for a God that's Elohim. That made you who you are. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me step into your life, introduce myself to you. The very things you see and the very things you're wanting to have come to pass, I've already created and made a way for. Look to me, you'll see them immediately. But if you keep looking away from me, they'll keep running away from you. Wow. I want to give a personal invitation for someone to make Jesus the Lord of their life today. And we're going to do it as a whole today as a group. And then I want to pray over you and release you out there into Elohim world. And I want you to look for him and see him. Look around when you start to doubt and, and start to question whether something's happening, something's changing. Look at the right things. Quit looking at the wrong things. Look at him around you. Look up here, look up here, look up here. Look up, look around, look at people. There's some people that are in our lives that we not, need not to look to or look up to or look for advice on Elohim and who He is. They'll take you away from Elohim. They'll get you, get you to question Elohim. Immediately, a lot of times those are formed by experience. And by the question of what's happening in their own personal lives. Understand that. Be okay with that. But don't let them determine you. If you're in the moment of, of, of a trial and a test right now, you need to be around people that are going to direct you to a victory God. 
So you can keep seeing Elohim as strong creator and the God that's more than enough in the time that you're in. That's Jehovah Rapha. That's Jehovah Nisi. That's Jehovah Sitkanu. That's Jehovah in your life. And I wouldn't surround myself with anybody else that doesn't have an understanding of those things. You can have conversation later when you're walking in something that you can see. But right now, I can't see that working in the natural. So I ain't surrounding myself with anything that ain't going to represent God in my life because I'm going to the one that can do something about it. And you don't have to, you don't owe no explanation to nobody. No explanation. That's the problem in the world. We've got to have an explanation for everything. The only explanation that's probably most beneficial, the Bible says in Corinthians, you can do anything that you want, but not all things are beneficial for you as a believer. Every head bow, every eye closed. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life for the very first time? Join the family of God. Change your life forever. He loves you. He adores you. He's got a plan for you and that only he can, he can work in your life. Um, it's not about you know, getting it all right. You're probably the mo- one of the most imperfect people in this room that you think. Listen, you've just joined a family of everybody's imperfect in this room. But we've put a faith in the one that loves us so much. And I'm telling you, man, it's the best thing you could ever do. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life for the very first time. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I won't call you out and put you on a spot. I'm going to pray with you. I see that hand in the back. Absolutely. Glory to God. That's worth everything today. Thank you. Let's pray. Let's get in agreement with this gentleman this morning. And let's pray with him. Will you pray after me? Say, God, I believe that you're real. And you exist. I need a little help with that. Because I see a lot that might not represent who you are. And what you say you are. But I'm going to start right here with this impression that I heard today. I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Confess him as Lord. Ask him to forgive me for my sins. And I invite you, Jesus, to come in and reveal yourself to me. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for all these wonderful folks that came out to just kind of weather the weather and and all the things that can make life a little inconvenient, just coming to church and packed like we are. Thank you so much. I pray that as we go back into this week, that we'll begin to just get to know you in our small groups, the Elohim of Elohims. Help us to introduce ourselves to you more. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let me reiterate one thing to you, and then I'm going to jump out there as quick as I can, and, and I'm going to let you go. Um, Growth Track, I think they mentioned here a few minutes ago, Growth Track is coming up at the end of this month. I just want to invite you, if you've never gone through that, to come hook up with us, get to know us a little bit more. You get to know what Coastal's about, uh, our values, our goals, and beliefs, and all those kinds of things. But more importantly, we take that opportunity to maybe point out what God's... Um, maybe purposely created you for and we just want to help you help you get the next steps in God that's really the main importance of that class come to it Uh, there's information about it on our app and all of that I love you you guys are amazing great group today have an amazing day